One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Whether you call it self-discipline, grit, determination, or willpower, the research shows that people who learn control are happier, healthier, and have stronger relationships. But how do you get there, Abby? Well, today I'm sharing a whole new way of understanding willpower and self-discipline, the secret to why you failed in your efforts before, and my top five research-backed tips to have you back in control of your life. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. Welcome back. Hello, you are here. I'm so happy you're here. Today, ooh, a lot of people wrote in about this. Uh willpower, self-discipline, self-control, all the things. How do I do it? And so in my my usual way, I did quite a bit of uh, research into, you know, really, you know, how to get it, how to do it, what it's all about. And I'm going to go through it all today. I'm really going to give it to you. So definitely sit back and get ready. I will tell you too, in case you don't know, number one, if, if it's long on the podcast for you, if you do not like always listening to my melodic voice, you know, you can listen at 1.5 speed if you want to, you know, get it a little faster. But also I had someone write in recently, again, actually someone else about, you know, wanting to go back and take notes and wondering if at the end I could kind of recap what I do. And I don't because I already do it for you. That is how much I love you. I write up a whole blog post, like very, you know, really good on my website. So if you ever want to go back and you don't want to listen to the whole, you know, to the podcast for whatever reason, you can, or want to just take notes or copy and paste something or whatever, you can go to my website and uh, there's, I think it says research and articles or something, you know, and that's all the things that I write. The 
on the podcast page, you can find the podcast itself and all that and what we call show notes, which means that it's sort of like a, a, a just a very brief little, little you know, not even a synopsis really, but kind of a little brief recap. But the real me and everything I talk about throughout the actual show is on in the corresponding blog post. So the only thing that's different about that sometimes are the Ask Dr. Abby's because I, you know, again, I don't write up a whole thing for that. Um, but these I do because I want you to have the notes. I want you to have, you know, the links to the research and all the things. So, and I do have a lot of research with today. So I am going, those will all be linked. A little resource list for you. Uh, you again, you can get that on the where the where I post the blog, or you can get that uh, on the show notes page. So just so you know, so I'm not gonna every single time I say something say where it's from because that just that gets too much. All right, I'm having a sip of water because I'm my throat feels a little dry today. So let's dig in. So okay, in its really sort of simplest form. Self-discipline or willpower is your ability to delay gratification. I'm trying to think of the simplest way to say that. I would say that's it. It's our ability to resist a temptation now to get some goal we want later. So, you know, not eating the brownie now because I want to lose 10 pounds, whatever, right? So that's really what that is. And for our purposes today, because there's so many words, again, like grit, determination, self-control, self-discipline, everything, I'm just going to use the word willpower. But it is synonymous with all those other terms I just mentioned. It, uh, But willpower is just easier. <laughs> it's kind of easier to say. So, but in your head as I'm talking, insert whatever word you think works and I always think of willpower because really when you're talking about self-discipline and self-control, that's what it's made up of. It's made up of your willpower. That, that's, what, that's what's there. Um, so that, that's kind of, I guess, what I really want you to, to think about when you hear those different words. That's, you know, when we break it all down, it's about how much willpower you have. And that, you know, equals how much self-discipline or self-control or perseverance and all the good things you can have. And I have a very special take on it. Um, that I talked about, gosh, I think in season one a little bit, but I haven't really gone into detail. So I'm really excited today to do it. It's something I teach when I'm out, you know, doing presentations and things like that. So you're going to get it today. Look at that. You don't, and you don't have to pay. So there's a great book called The Willpower Instinct by Kelly McGonigal and a PhD. She's a great researcher and, uh, I'll be referring to that book a lot, uh, as I speak today, but one of the things she mentions in her book is that uh, willpower is basically an internal conflict. You know, it's an emotional thing and a physical thing. So, and it's usually goes one of two ways. Sometimes it's because you want to do something that you shouldn't <laughs> like, you know, eating the third brownie or going to have a cigarette or a drink or something. And other times it's because, you know, you should do something but you don't wanna, you wanna do nothing. So you know, you should, you know, get to the gym or finish that project for work because, but all you wanna do is lay on the couch and maybe smoke that cigarette, have a drink and eat those brownies, right? So, <laughs> so that's really what it all boils down to, isn't it? That's what we want our self-control for, our discipline for. So, and let me, I, I, you know, I said in the beginning that it's really the secret to it, 
self-discipline, all these things are really a secret to a happy life. And I want to talk about that for a minute because there is a ton. Did I say a ton? Did I say a lot? It's a lot, a ton of research backing up that claim I just made that, you know, self-control is the key to a successful and happy life. And I just want to talk about two studies right now. I'm just going to share two of them. And these are probably two of the more famous ones. And what I love about them is they were studies that were done. They were focused on measuring self-control in kids. And then they, um, and then they watched those kids over decades and sort of saw what the outcome was when you have kids who are, have more self-control. And the first is a very now super famous experiment. Uh, it's called the Marshmallow Experiment. And it was started by uh, a man named Walter Michel. I hope I said that right. He's a PhD. It was somewhere in the 1960s. And in this study, you know, you had a group of researchers, of course, and they offered four-year-olds the choice of eating one marshmallow now or getting two marshmallows if they would wait 15 minutes. That's pretty much what they did. And they would kind of leave the room. They'd sit the marshmallow there and they'd say, hey, you can eat that if you want. But if you wait till I come back, I'm going to come back in a few minutes. They didn't sell them, I think, 15, but they're four. Uh, you, I'll bring, you can have two if you want to wait. That's what they did. Kind of simple, really. And again, brilliant. So they then, like I said, tracked these kids into adulthood. And what they found was that the kids who resisted temptation, the, you know, and delayed gratification, the kids who ate the one marsh, the, yeah, who waited and got the two marshmallows, they ended up having happier lives overall in all the metrics that they looked at. They, you know, had better physical and mental health. They out, they were really outshining those marshmallow kids in school and the kind of jobs they got. They had more successful relationships. So they were like married more often, uh, had less separation or divorce, less problems. I mean, it was, it's been amazing. Now in another study, and I'm going to talk about this, researchers also tracked a thousand, this was a thousand kids from birth to 32 years old. And same thing, they were again looking at self-control as kids and what happened as adults. And what they found is they had the, those who had greater self-control in childhood, again, as adults had better physical health, they made more money, they had less issues with drug and alcohol dependence, they had less criminal behavior. And here's what was really special about this study and why I'm talking about it. They even compared siblings, so kids in the same family, and they found that the, you know, sibling pairs, right? They, these pairs of siblings, they found that when they had a sibling who had lower self-control than the other sibling, that those kids with poor self-control as kids had worse outcomes than the sibling who had better self-control, even though they came from the same family. So all those outcomes I just mentioned, being happier, having less drug and alcohol problems, all the things, uh, were still highly correlated. So what we, to me, I, the reason I'm mentioning this one too, is because you might, you know, get in your head like, oh, it's just genetic or something. And, you know, that's why, or something it's in my family. And certainly we learn things in our families, obviously, and certainly genetics are at play, but here's a great, uh, and this study has been replicated. Here's a great example of how that's not necessarily something that has to go together. And you do have 
uh, free will and you can make these choices. So, and even if you weren't as a kid, it doesn't mean you can't change it now. So let's, let's get really clear, but I, I do want you to hear how important it is. All right. So the big thing that I, I want to kind of get my next kind of subheading on all this is that, uh, what the vast majority of the studies show is that willpower, you know, self-control, it's an exhaustible resource. It's an exhaustible resource. So again, vast majority of research shows this over and over. So basically, and here's where I'm going to take things in a different direction. So I really want you to listen closely. So you, you know, you wake up in the morning with the most willpower, the most self-control you're going to have for the day, and then you deplete it over the course of the day. And, you know, this is why by 4 p.m. sometimes you find yourself having that brownie or smoking or having that drink because you've depleted your willpower all day. Lots of people know what it's like to, you know, eat well in the morning and in the afternoon. And then when nighttime comes, they have a hard time. That's because all day long your willpower, you've been draining it and draining it and draining it. So the obvious question is, yeah, okay, Abby, now what eats up my willpower? What is that? Is that just every hour? Some goes? No. You're, it, well, I shouldn't say, so in some ways, your, your regular daily life does eat up your willpower, but at a slower rate, okay? So things like, you know, the things you do, showering, if you always have breakfast, going to work, cleaning up after yourself, the, uh, all these kinds of things just, you know, are going to eat up at your willpower because you, you need to use your willpower to get in the shower and not lay in bed and you need to, use, right, and to do these things. But you also use it more expensively, I would say, in other ways. Every time you don't look at your phone, even though you heard a notification. Uh, every time you did hear the notification, did look at your phone, but then stopped, you know, because you noticed you were down a rabbit hole or something and you're like, oh my God, I got to get to work. Uh, every time you tune out your coworkers incessant talking while you're trying to finish that spreadsheet at work. <laughs> every time you need to control your temper, or deal with your frustration or your morning commute every time you deplete it every time you resist the urge to scroll through social media or every time you stop scrolling through social media because again you realize you have to stop doing something else you use it every time you say no to something you want to eat but you know don't don't want to eat it you use it with every decision you make every stressor you have uh everything you need to deal with every temptation you avoid yeah that is what's eating up your willpower all day. So I want to take this idea into your real life. And this is where I sort of present it in a way that's different than I think than how most people do. And it what I what I learned from myself over the years is that this is the best way to think about it. And, you know, the success I've had with my clients and when I do talks and things, this is the game. This is kind of the game changer of it. Okay, so get ready. So let so let's take it into your real life. So here you are, you wake up each day with your full tank of willpower fuel, right? Or what I'm, I'm going to just say for the sake of this conversation, you're, I'm going to call it units, like willpower units, just so we can quantify it a little bit and you can understand what I'm saying. So you wake up with all the willpower units you're going to have for the day. And I'm going to assume you had a decent night's sleep. So we're going to start you your day. I know you're laughing, right? You're like, I didn't have a decent night's sleep. I'm going to talk about sleep later, but let, let's just say it was at least okay. And I'm going to give you 100 willpower units, self-control units, whatever you want to say, to start your day. 
that's what you woke up with. This is arbitrary, of course, but I, I want to have you get the idea of what I'm talking about. Okay, so now you got to get yourself ready, right? Got to make breakfast. Ha ha ha, if you eat breakfast. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't eat breakfast. Uh, you got to maybe take care of the kids. You got to walk the dog, put away the dishes, whatever. And as I mentioned, when you're doing rote things, things that are kind of a habit, things that are you're used to, it takes less of your willpower units. Habits take less of your willpower units because you just do them automatically. You don't have to make a decision to do it. You don't have to think about it. And I'm going to talk about that. It's, ugh. anyway. So your usual morning would maybe take up about 15 of those willpower units you've got for your day, right? So I get through my morning and, you know, I would have 75 less for the rest, 75 units left for the rest of the day. But now let's say your kid tells you they can't find their clean uniform. That happened to me this morning. Uh-huh. McCartney could not, she, you know, couldn't find her uniform for, for softball. Uh, so that suddenly changed, right? I had to run around looking for that, even though I remembered folding it and leaving it on her dresser last night. It was miraculously gone this morning. We don't know where it went. And so, you know, the frustration of that, the annoyance, I did everything right. I got it all set up and I was still looking for the uniform the next day. I, I know you feel me, don't you right now? Okay. Or maybe let's say that morning you forgot you were supposed to bring in snack for your kid's class or your dog threw up on the rug or you're trying to eat healthier and need to, you know, finally make those steel cut, you know, those steel cut oats you've had in your cabinet for two years because they're so healthy and you haven't made them. So today's the day. Or maybe you woke up late and you're rushing or maybe you just routinely wake up and you're always rushing. If you add anything like this to your morning, any little, you know, annoyance, whatever, guess what? You've just taken those 15 units to 25. And I think I'm being generous just for the record, depending on how annoyed you were or how disgruntled or how tired or cranky or impatient. But I'm going to give you that. So now you're out the door in the morning and you got 75 units left for the day. Oh, I guess you would have had more than that if you had the 15. Sorry, I think I said 75 before. Okay, you got, sit my math. Oh, well, you're not here because I do good at math. So let's say you're out the door and you got 75 units left, right? It's just the morning. And you, maybe you rush to drop off the kids or get the dog walked or run, or you're running to work or back home to work after dropping off the kids or, you know, doing all the 90 things you need to accomplish before the day ends, before your work day ends, or before you have to pick up the kids after school or before whatever, you know, you, you, your partner comes home later. If you have a good, relatively easy day without too many surprises and with everything running, I mean super smoothly, you're going to use up about 50 of those willpower units, right? I mean, come on, it's the day. You, you've got to decision make, you've got to think, you've got to do stuff, you know, all the things, okay? You're going to use 50 easy. But again, and I think it's more, but I'm going to be gentle and loving. But if anything unwanted happened during your day, if one of your coworkers was out and you needed to pick up the slack, right? They were out sick, you need to pick up slack. You were trying to stay on your diet during the day, even if you were successful. The fact that you had to like think about it and stay on it or the commute was really bad this morning, or, you know, that back tooth is killing you and you've got to figure out when you're going to get to the friggin' dentist. Those willpower units you're using could easily inch up to 60 or even the whole 75 that you have left for the entire day, right? But again, I'm going to be kind 
and assume you had a fabulous, relatively easy day and that you're now driving home or picking up the kids or whatever from school, whatever you're doing after. And I'm going to assume it's about four, five o'clock and you have about 25 willpower units left in your tank. Okay. So you're like, oh, I got 25 units left. But now you get home and now it's time to make, make dinner. Something healthy, of course. <laughs> Got to clean up, get the kids' homework done, get the kids to and from their practices, lessons, games. If you don't have kids, I know you still have a bunch to do. Maybe you have the dog and you have to clean up their poop and you got to make sure you got to play with them a little bit. You got to call your mom because it's been a week since you've done it. You've got to take the garbage cans down to the curb. You got to remember to call the plumber about the leaking faucet. Yes, yes. No, I'm not in your house every day. I We just all have the same life. It, this is life. So basically, though, you know those lovely 25 units you had for the whole rest of the night? Yeah, they're gone. Okay, they got eaten up super quickly. And I'm going to say by seven, and I'm, again, I'm being generous because I bet it's even by five. You got no willpower units left in the tank. <laughs> they're gone. I'm, I'm, I'm on fumes, Abby. I'm done. And this is usually the time you're snapping at your partner, you're eating, you know, yelling at your kids, eating something you shouldn't, having a drink, maybe two, maybe three, sneaking a cigarette, maybe two, maybe three, or just trying, you know, to make it to bed so you can relax. And, you know, you're laying on the couch by 8 p.m. with some chips and a glass of wine, playing games on your phone while binge watching some show and beating yourself up for not getting to the gym yet again, or not, you know, finishing some chore that's been on your to-do list since the beginning of time, right? You, you've got, here's, and here's the secret. You've got hours left in your day when you quote unquote should be preparing, you know, healthy food for tomorrow or even something fun. Maybe you wanted to go out with friends. Maybe you plan to go out with friends. You know, you do that like <laughs> on Monday, your friend calls and you're like, yeah, I'll go out Thursday night. That'll be great. I can't wait. And then Thursday comes, you're like, why the hell did I make plans with them? Oh, all I want to do is go home, right? You know what I'm talking about. So even if it's something fun, but all you want to do is sit on the couch and do nothing. That's all you want to do. And this is because you have been thinking about your day all wrong. You've been deciding, and here it is, drum roll. Here's, here's the game changer, ladies and gentlemen, if, if hopefully you're still listening. You've been deciding what you can and can't do every day based on how many hours are in your day. You've been looking at your day. You're like, here's my list of things I have to do. Here's my hours in the day. And you've been putting those things together. And that's been your downfall. Because if you do that, then you're looking at your day and you're like, oh yeah, I get home from work at this time. And then I make breakfast, I make dinner and all that. Or maybe we'll even order in. And then I'll be done by like 6.30. And then I don't go to bed till 10.30. I have plenty of time to go to the gym or, you know, straighten out my closet or go talk, you know, go out with friends or go to go for a walk or you're thinking of all, right? I know. I see you. I see you. But you don't. Because you've been basing your day on hours and what you need to do from this day forward. Here we go. <laughs> you know, there's like before Christ and after death or whatever, you know, <laughs> this is before you heard Abby say this and after you heard Abby say this. For now on, for the rest of your life, I want you to count, think of your day in willpower units. Yeah. Your emotion, that's what fuels your emotional bandwidth. 
That's how much bandwidth you have to do crap, is how much willpower is units are left in your tank. You can't motivate yourself to do anything because it would require willpower. It would require that, again, that emotional bandwidth, same thing. And you're running on fumes. You've got nothing left. The car has stalled in the middle of the highway. There, it's, six, it's seven o'clock. You're stalled. There's nothing left. You've got time left in your day, but you don't have any mind left in your day. I'm going to say that again. You have time left in your day, but you should be thinking of how much mind you have left in your day. And that's the big mistake everybody makes. You're, again, you're dividing your day into hours. So... Your boss says, hey, uh, I've got a new project for you. Do you have time? And you're like, yeah, I have time. Because you're thinking, you know, it's only going to take an hour or whatever. And you're like, yeah. Or, you know, your kid's school needs somebody to volunteer f to run the, you know, bake sale on Saturday. And you're like, yeah, i got time for that. I can do that. Uh, but, uh-uh. And that's why when those things then come up. So, yeah, you have time in your day, let's say, to do this new project, I guess, if you broke it all down. But you're not thinking of how much bandwidth. Because when you do something new, if this is a new project, you have to learn it. It's, it's you know, maybe confusing. It's something you have to figure out. Maybe you have to work with new people or maybe you have to work with just, you know, people. Uh, you have to prioritize. You have to decision make. All of that eats up your willpower. All of that eats up these units, this self-control, this self-discipline. It all gets eaten up. So you, you have time for it, but you don't have mind for it. So you have to stop thinking of your day in terms of hours because hours don't matter if you've got no more bandwidth left to deal with anything or anyone or whatever, right? Think about it. I know I'm, I'm having a pregnant pause here so you can really understand what I'm saying. I'm going to have a sip of water while I have a pregnant pause. This is the game changer, my friends. This is also how you finally stop beating up on yourself for not getting stuff done that you quote unquote should. I hate that. You know, the should. Ah, ah, it's so soul sucking and it's so mean girl to yourself or mean boy to yourself it is beating yourself up for something that you truly kind of can't do in a way. Because again, your, your willpower is at the center of your emotional bandwidth. So without that, the, the time you have just doesn't matter. So you can stop beating up on yourself, you know, when you're at home at the end of the day and you can't motivate yourself to get to the gym or to go out with friends or to clean up or to whatever, right? Or to be kind to your partner or to have sex or whatever it is. And so <laughs> I want you to really tattoo it on your arm, post it in your home. Again, it's not how much time is left in your day. It's how much mind is left in your day. I want you to be thinking of that all the time. How am I doing? Obviously, mindfulness will help you tremendously. Actually, I'll, and I'll get to that with when we talk about tips. But the, all of this, of course, would beg the next question. Can you get more willpower units? And yes, you can. You absolutely. You can wake up in the morning. So I do all the healthy things, right? Wonderful me. I do all the healthy things because I try to practice what I preach. So, you know, I get up, I work out, I meditate, all the things I'm going to talk about. I eat well, all the things I'm going to talk about in the tips. I do them religiously, continually. And what that means is that when I wake up in the morning, I have more like 
150 willpower units for the day. So guess what? When seven o'clock rolls around, I'm still, I got energy. I'm ready to do stuff. I'm ready to go out. I'm ready to have fun. I'm ready to have sex with Gary. I'm ready to whatever. I'm not saying every single day is like this, of course, uh, but the vast majority, absolutely. The, the overwhelming majority, I don't feel drained at the end of my day. I don't feel like I just have to sit on the couch and chill. Um, I like to sit on the couch and chill sometimes, but it's not something I feel like I have to do every night for my self-care at all. As a matter of fact, the opposite starts to happen. But let me give you this next secret. <laughs> so you can get more willpower units, but there's, there's two things you can do about it, okay? So let's talk about that. One, so you can obviously, you can take things off your plate. So there's less you have to spend your willpower units on. Does that make sense? I know you can stop laughing now. You're like, take things off my plate, Abby, you're so funny. No, I'm serious, okay? So you can take things off your plate. So for me, for example, when uh, when we bought a house and you know we're doing all that, I was acutely aware that I did not want to commute, that I was willing to trade a smaller house for not having a commute. And I will tell you that you know, you can enjoy that nice big house out in the middle of nowhere, but that commute is going to be every day for the rest of your life, you know, for a long time. So my daily life, I take, you know, it takes me 10 minutes to get to work. That's if I hit a couple lights. I, I mean, literally, I, this morning, you know, dropped off the kids at school, got to work. That whole thing took 15 minutes. That's how quick it is. The other day, my son forgot his bag for baseball, and I was able to run home, grab it, drop it off at the school, and be back in my office in, I think it, it was definitely less than a half, because I, I did stop, actually, at the post office, now that I think about it, <laughs> to drop off the package. And I was still back within a half hour. So taking things, that's a, an example of taking things off your plate. I took a commute off my plate because I knew that that was going to be a big problem for me and that I wanted my life to feel a certain way. Um, but you can take other things off your plate too. And you can think about, you know, we did that with our kids. I've talked about this before, you know, with our kids when they were little, I didn't have them in 20 activities. And yeah, my kids might not go to Harvard, but guess what? My kids are super happy. They're really healthy. They are well-liked, well-loved in the world. They, they like other people. They're kind humans. I, I feel like I've been very successful with my kids because I just couldn't make that the only priority. So they, and they're doing their thing. And, and you know, I just, it's a choice. Again, it's a choice I made. And that's the thing. You always have a choice. You think to yourself, well, they have to eat organic food all the time, my kids. And they, and they have to go to a great school. And I have to make all these things happen. You don't have to. No, you don't. The majority of what my kids eat is healthy. Not all of it. Not all of it. And I just don't stress about it. You know, I spent more time when they were little making sure that we were offering healthy things. And that's what we did. And they both have a pretty good diet. And and that's that's all we can do, you know. And it, I don't know what to say. There's a there's a way that we just get in our heads. We get on sort of the, the, the treadmill of life and decide that we must have certain things, right? And you don't necessarily have to. That's a way of taking things off your plate. I, I drive an older car. I've taken a car payment off my plate. I, you know, I, 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 there's always, there's like trade-offs you can make because I'm much happier that way. I just, it feels good, you know, not to think about that. So I, I'm just, it's whatever it is for you, but there are things to take off your plate. And I want you to seriously think about what, how your life looks 
and how much is there and what you have to have to do and what you don't. Okay. And the other thing you can do, so taking things off your plate, the other thing you can do is add healthy habits that build your willpower. So you, again, wake up with more willpower units to use for that day. Okay, because when you start your day with more willpower units, you, obviously you're increasing your motivation, your energy levels, your emotional bandwidth for that day, all the things. I am going to get to the other secret I have in a minute. <laughs> so, well, let me just do it now. So I want to give you a little warning about all this. So before I tell you what these five great ways are to have more willpower units and to, to just revamp your life, I need to give you a warning. So as I just said, okay, so creating... These, these specific healthy habits will def, like I have, will definitely increase your willpower. But, and again, this is the big secret no one tells you. When you're starting a new behavior, so before it becomes a habit, right? It's not a habit to go to the gym if you're just up for a week starting early to go to the gym. It's not a habit at that point. It's a new behavior. And whenever you start a new behavior, uh, especially a kind of a healthy one. Obviously, starting a new behavior of video games all day is not going to be a problem or eating Oreos all day is not going to be a problem. But starting something that has a little resistance to it, it will initially deplete your willpower. I want you to think about that. <laughs> it's only, again, when it becomes an automatic habit that you get the benefit of the added willpower. You get the benefit of that healthy habit. So in the beginning, you're going to have, you instead of what, you know, that 100 willpower units you woke up with, it's going to get eaten up really quickly, right? So uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. So, okay. So I'm going to talk about eating healthfully when we get to the tips. But so eating healthy will absolutely add willpower units. But as you already know, it's hard to change how you eat and resist, you know, all the temptations or, you know, falling into old patterns and eating late at night or whatever. So you're using up more willpower to change how you eat initially. Once it becomes a habit, then you get all the benefits. Then all the good things happen. Now, and we know from the research that it takes an average of 66 days to create a new habit. So I tell people to give new behaviors about three months, because you don't know what your average is, 66 days, I say three months, before you start counting on feeling really better and or more energized. So I have people like, oh, I've been meditating for a week and I don't feel better. I'm like, number one, get over yourself. Come on. First of all, you might. I felt better right away with meditation. But, uh, you know, you might not. Or you might, you not might not notice it. But you got to give it a little bit of time. <laughs> so about three months. Give it, give it a little room. So... There are a couple of things I want you to keep in mind when it comes to this warning of how, you know, it'll new behaviors will drain your willpower initially, even if they're good ones. So number one, only start one new thing at a time. Once you get that down, then you can add another thing after that three month window. And I, I've, I've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it now. So when I, I tried to work out in the morning for years, years and years and years and years, I spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars <laughs> joining gyms you know how you always have to register and join and you have to pay extra and you know you pay your monthly fee and you know I'd get there twice a month and think oh my god this workout is costing me you know $200 because I'm you know well I wasn't paying $400 a month for the gym but you get the idea you know it this is a very expensive workout I'm having or the once a month or the two times a year that was $400 you know so <laughs> you you've got to you got to keep that in mind, okay? So 
what I did, I was trying to think how to say this. Okay. So what I did, cause I, I couldn't seem to get to the gym was I finally realized that every time I was trying, you know what? I have to turn off my heater. Give me one second. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm turning off my heater. I was like so hot that I got distracted. Sorry. Now I'm, I'm all here. So I was finding that every time I was melting, every time I went, I was trying to go to the gym and, and do this. It, I was also trying to change my food. And so what I did when I finally made working out a real habit is I did start with a trainer initially. And I told the trainer, I'm like, you're not going to touch my food. <laughs> I'm not touching my food. And I did what I'm actually suggesting here, and I've now done this with thousands of clients now, and it works. I just changed the one thing. I know it's very tempting because you're looking to lose weight, and I'm not going to lose weight if I don't change my food, whatever. Pick one. If you're really that focused on losing weight, then pick your food first, because that's how you lose weight. Pick your food first. Then get to the working out later. And I have people, I have one client always says to me, but but I only, when I work out, it's the only time I can control my food, you know, that because then I'm motivated. I, but she keeps gaining weight. So I, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. You have to choose one. You keep choosing both and it doesn't work long term. It works short term. It doesn't work long term. You're, you have to be in it for the long haul. And so again, if, you know, losing weight is the most important, we all know it's your food. You can work out you know, for a long time. And if you eat a bag of almonds, that might be all the calories you just burned. You know what I mean? You, you got it. You got to address your food. So you could do that and then address the working out later, however you want to do it. I chose the working out first because I really was focusing on health, you know, and at the time I actually didn't need to lose weight. I didn't think I just wanted to get fit. So that worked for me. Um, but do you see what I'm talking about? One thing at a time. Don't add them all. Your, the second thing is to realize is that your plate is already full and now you're trying to create new healthy habits that are going to drain that willpower for a short window. So for that same short window, again, that three months, got to think of three months, you got to take something off your plate, at least one thing. So you have emotional bandwidth to take on this new thing. This, I really, I've said this, I just said this the whole podcast, but now I'm saying it a little differently because I'm really getting nitty gritty with you. I'm really getting granular. And I I've, I have people, they come in for couples therapy. They're like, oh, we're going to do couples therapy now. And I'm like, what are you taking off your plate? You're already full. You're already like to hear. I'm, if you're watching me on YouTube, you know, but otherwise I'm making a motion like, you know, up to my, beyond my forehead, on top of my head. You are full 
with all the life. And now you're trying to add something. And again, people think of it like hours. Oh, we're going to add couples therapy. Yeah. But where's the emotional bandwidth for the work it's going to take? You can come to the sessions, but if you don't do the work otherwise, it's not going to help you. Just like going to a trainer once a week is not going to do much if you don't do anything in between. You, you, you just, it doesn't work that way. I guess eventually you could get fit, but it's going to take a friggin' long time. And are you going to stick with it that long? Instead, you got to think about what you could take off your plate as you're taking on whatever it is that you want the self-discipline for, the self-control for. So that might mean getting a cleaning person for three months. That's my favorite part of this. You can think of it short term. You don't have to worry about forever. Just for three months, what can you, what kind of resource can you add to help take something off your plate or again, just take it off completely. So maybe get a cleaning person. If you already have a cleaning person, have them come maybe more than once a week or have them also do your laundry if they don't or hire someone to do the outside gardening or you you get where I'm going, right? Get a neighborhood kid to walk your dog. Say no to any new projects at work during this three months that you're trying to do this new thing. Don't try to start 10 new things. I get this a lot with clients when I'm, you know, working with stuff with them and then they're like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and that. I'm like, stop. (laughs) You can't. I get that you're kind of excited. We've been working together. You're feeling the love. You're feeling energy. But once you start loading on those other things, we're going to lose this bandwidth. We're going to lose the willpower and everything is going to fall apart. And you know I'm telling the truth because you are sitting there right now going, oh my God, that's me. That's me. That's me. That has happened to me over and over. Yeah, I know. It's all of us. We're none of us are unicorns. (laughs) This is what happens. Take a sip of water and we're going to get to it. All right. So let's get to the five ways to create more discipline, self-control, and willpower in your life. And again, backed by research because that's how I do everything. So number one, I know I hate this one, (laughs) is regular exercise. I know. Again, backed by research, but I hated hearing it too, but the facts are the facts. Exercise has been shown to increase willpower because we really think it's because it helps build what we call your willpower muscle. And the, But here's the key. You want to start small and build up slowly because you kind of want to trick yourself. You want to, you want to trick your brain into thinking nothing's going on. Nothing's happening. You know, nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. Nothing to see here. That's what you're telling your brain. So this means you don't join a boot camp. If you haven't exercised regularly, you know, in five years, uh, okay, 20 years, it, you know, instead, you know, I don't know, really do park your car farther away when you go somewhere or take the stairs up to your office or even take the stairs up one flight and then take the elevator for the rest of the trip. Volunteer to walk the dog after dinner, you know, just a small hack you can think of. And then slowly build to more over time. That's really, I know you're impatient. I know you want to make it happen, but this is the best way. And exercise, of course, raises your levels of serotonin and other neurotransmitters, your endorphins and your encephalins, which help with stress. You know, it all, and that obviously, you know, increases your emotional bandwidth and your willpower. It all, it's a beautiful thing with the exercise. But if you don't regularly start small, don't try to go five days a week. Don't try, you know, just once a week, start to whatever. Once a week after dinner, take a walk. If you can do more, great, you know, but really 
again, you're, you're kind of tricking yourself <laughs> into not realizing, because otherwise, you know, your amygdala, all those alarm bells go off. Like, oh my God, we're doing something new. It's horrible. We're losing things, you know, and you don't want that to happen. All right. Tip number two is sleep. Sleep, sleep, sleep. So what did I just say for an hour? You know, willpower is an exhaustible resource. What did I say? And you wake up in the morning with the most you're going to have for the whole day. And if you had a crappy night's sleep, you're not starting with 100 willpower units. You're not. You're starting with less. And you already know this because you know that those mornings when you haven't slept well are not mornings you, you feel motivated for anything. You, you don't have the willpower for a healthy breakfast or to jump on the Peloton that's, you know, piled with clothes in the corner of your bedroom. No, you're not. You don't have the patience for people, these are the mornings you find yourself yelling at your kids or snapping at your partner, right? You're cranky. You're cranky. Getting a good night's sleep is your absolute top number one priority. And I want you to think for now that your day starts when you set your alarm, not when you turn it off. I've said this before. And I have a whole uh, episode I did on sleep on sleep hygiene, how to do it, how to get it, how to be a great sleeper. I did a whole thing on that, which of course I'll link to. So I'm not gonna get really into that now, but I say this a lot. Your day starts the night before when you get your friggin' ass to bed at a reasonable time. Be a grown up. get over yourself. No, it's my only time alone. It's my only time to hang out. This is where it's, there's this catch. This is, you're gonna have to like, this is the fulcrum. This is the, this is the space where you, you have to turn the ship because once you do start sleeping well, you will have more willpower and you will have more energy at night and you'll feel better. I know. You won't need to lay on the couch and for an hour or two or three or play games on your phone or veg out. You're not going to need to do it in the same way. I always, of course, need a little downtime. We all do. But I don't need it in the way that I hear my clients need it or other people I talk to. I just don't. And I know it's because I have worked so hard to up my willpower, to up these this emotional bandwidth in my life to handle things. Okay? <clears throat> so... You're in this catch-22 right now where you feel like that's my only time, but I'm telling you, start to get to bed and you will feel better. You are just caught right now in this really kind of vicious cycle. Get your butt to bed. You will have more energy the next day to do all the things and you won't, again, find yourself, I'm repeating myself, I apologize, but I'm just trying to really get this into you. <laughs> you will, you won't find yourself needing this time. You're going to have more energy and it's going to feel better. So decide what time, right? You'll, you need to go to sleep. You need to get to bed. Decide what that is for you. I get up really early. So I get to bed pretty early. You just, I'm not losing out. I feel great. My, my kind of actually, when you think about it, my morning time getting up so early, that's when I work out and I do my meditation and I pray and I journal, I do all my things. I'm doing that instead of that nighttime stuff. <clears throat> okay. Do you see the difference there? That is my veg time, my alone time. I'm up alone. No one's around. I have just my space for myself, but I'm filling my tank with amazing things to really have a great day and have a very positive momentum. I do a whole thing on positive momentum and how to create that in your day and how important it is um, in another episode, which I'll also link to. 
But do you see what I'm saying? It's sort of like a, I've traded off and I've got to tell you, it's a better trade off. It, it is. And, and again, don't just believe me. This is what I do with my clients. And they, it's a game changer. It changes your life. It changes how you feel every morning. It changes how you feel about things. It's incredible. Uh, and, you know, McGonagall in that book I mentioned earlier, she talks about how getting sleep, um, which is really important, also makes a big difference in how your prefrontal cortex works. Remember, your prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain that's in charge of decision making, uh, being rational, uh, you know, problem solving, all that good stuff. And she talks about how sleep, de any kind of sleep deprivation, even just getting less than six hours a night is like a chronic stress. And it, what it does is it impairs how your body and brain use energy. And the prefrontal cortex gets especially hit, you know, really hard. And it loses control over the regions of the brain that create cravings and your stress response. That's what happens. So, I mean, can you see, right? Can you see where I'm going here? I know, it's bad. And again, I do a whole thing about how much sleep you need in the other uh, episode, and you can listen to that. But there is a Daniel... Um, Kripke, which sounds funny because Kripke, anyway, uh, Daniel Kripke, he's a really famous sleep researcher, one of the most famous. And he says you need between, at least between 6.5 and 7.5 hours a night. That's what his research shows. He shows that these sleepers who get that, and you might need more personally, but somewhere in there that they, his research shows they, they live the longest and they're the happiest and most productive. I know. I'll link to the research. I mean, it's like, you can't beat it, right? You can't beat it. So really important. I can't talk, I can't stress enough about sleep. And again, if you're really having trouble sleeping, you need to see your doctor. I am a woman of a certain age. And I will tell you that, uh, you know, any woman post-menopause, we can't sleep. We have trouble with sleep sometimes and you need to take care of it. I took care of it. Like you got to take care of it. So uh, I do all the things I mentioned and I've talked about before. Occasionally I take med medication when I can't sleep. I don't use anything obviously that's um, uh, addictive or anything because of my, addict you know, my addiction background, but uh, there's plenty of really healthy sleep aids. So that aren't going to impact you in really bad ways if needed. And I, but I do all the things so that I don't need a sleep aid most of the time, but occasionally, you know, oh, you just, you're just up. <laughs> and so it's like an army of women around the world who are up at 2 a.m. Uh, anyway, so uh, that's it. Okay. Those are those. Number three, number three, you got to improve your food. You got to improve your food. Studies, sh they show, again, I'm going to link to all the studies in the show notes, but, and in the blog. But when you eat crappy food, you are more inclined to make emotional choices than if you're eating healthy food. This means that you're going to choose, you're going to, you're going to make emotional choices. Guess what emotional choices are? I want it now. <laughs> Immediate gratification. <laughs> Delayed gratification sucks. No, thank you. I'm going to make emotional, I'm going to spend something in this moment. I need these jeans. They make my butt look this way. You know, I have to have it. You know, I don't care if they're $500. Yeah, yeah that's what you're going to do. And you want to do the same here when I talk about food. I Look what I said. You don't have, I said, improve your food. I didn't say you have to eat really healthfully. You have to do it. Just improve it. You know how to improve it. It's not rocket science. Do it slowly, just like with the exercise. Again, nothing to see here, brain. Hey, brain, nothing to see. Move along. We're not changing anything. 
build slowly so you can maintain that for the long haul. So I tell people, I have a lot of clients, you know, cooked, hooked on coffee, trying to get, just try to get rid of one cup of coffee a day. That's it. Try, think about how many cups you drink, get rid of one or swap one of them for a cup of green tea or, or a glass of water. Just one, just start there. If you love a, love a big bowl of ice cream every night, try to eat one less scoop. Or try to eat it earlier in the evening instead of right before you go to bed. Even that would be healthier. I know. I see you. I know you eat it right before you go to bed. Uh, again, tell your brain, you know, don't worry. There's nothing to see here. Move along, right? Do it incrementally. But really think about how to improve your food. You don't, again, don't go all in. Don't go to like, oh, now we're macrobiotic and vegetarian and we're never eating that again and I'm never having a cookie for as long as I live. Like, don't do it. It's not going to work. Just, just, you know it's not because you've tried and it hasn't worked. Not long term. Work short term, not long term. I'd like you to do something long term. So just think of one thing you can change. Uh, if you need to eat a healthy breakfast, try to start eating breakfast. If you're, by the way, if you're really not hungry in the morning, often if you stop eating at night, if you stop, if you stop eating like a couple hours before you go to bed. So if you go to bed at 10, if you stop eating by seven, you will find that you are hungry in the morning because it's been a really long time since you ate. But if you're really not and you really think you should have breakfast, quote unquote, eat a piece of string cheese. Uh, have a piece of, have one hard boiled egg. If that makes you sick, eat something that's not a breakfast food. I, I uh, love when I have leftover sushi. That's like probably my favorite thing to eat in the morning, which of course many people around the world, that is what they eat. So they're like, you stupid American, why aren't you doing that anyway? Um, yeah, so, you know, look around the world for how other people eat breakfast. It, it, there's all kinds of ways you can eat breakfast. Here in America, we get into that very traditional, you know, uh, kind of meal, and that might repulse you. But spaghetti might not. Eat some spaghetti, I don't know. If you really love pasta, maybe one time a week try a whole grain instead of, you know, wheat. Try that, you know, or whatever. Unbleached flour, whatever. You know, just... Just try something small. Be incremental. I know I'm an addict. I want it all now. I want to change everything. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but it, it doesn't work that way. And I do want to give you, how about this? I'm going to give you a little bonus tip right here. From the research for how to make food choices easier. Because I'm saying all this and you're like, oh, I can't do it, Abby. I, I just have to have all my coffee. I don't know, whatever. It has been shown in the research that self-affirmation can help you have more self-control. So, yeah, no, so I'm not talking about looking in the mirror and telling you, I'm, I'm wonderful, I'm great, I, you know, so I won't go eat that brownie. That's not how it works. But, but what you want to do, the, what they show in the research is you want to use I don't versus I can't. That's the little hack. I know I'm giving you so much good stuff here today. Yes, can we take a moment, talk about the good stuff? Yes, it's the good stuff. When you say I can't, you got no control. And you end up with this kind of negative feedback loop in your brain that's reminding you that, you know, you suck. You got no self-control, no self-discipline. It tells you that you're forcing yourself to do something, you know. And again, that eats up the willpower and dashes our self-esteem all in one fell swoop. Isn't that lovely? So instead of I can't, say I don't, which puts you back in the driver's seat. So it's not, you know, I can't have that cookie. It becomes, oh, I don't eat cookies in the middle of the day. Oh, I, I don't, I don't eat, or if you're trying to have two cookies instead of 10, you say, um, oh, I, I don't eat 10 cookies. I eat, I eat five. <laughs> have eight, have nine. If it's one less than what you were doing, that's great. You did it. So 
Uh, and I oh, let me get who here we go. I'm full of bonuses today. Here's one more. Another way of doing this. Okay, just like of saying this. I like the I, I don't versus I can't. But another thing you can do that's so actionable is to say I'm a person who, which would mean saying something to yourself like um, I'm a person who thinks before they eat. You know, I'm a person who uh, re- likes to put nourishing things in my body. You do like it, even though you don't. I'm a person who um, moves whenever I can. How's that for instead of exercising at the gym every day? I'm a person who moves whenever I can, who takes opportunities to uh, put in extra steps wherever I can. How's that? It's very. It's a very different way of, you know, it's, it's, I shouldn't say, sorry, it's a little left turn, like a slight left, you know, you're making a slight left instead of a full left turn. And it's very, very helpful. So just, just try it. You'll, you'll see. And again, you can come over to the, to the blog post page with this title, uh, and about self-discipline, self-control. You can just put it in the search engine of my website and you can get all these tips all written up for you. Isn't that lovely? I know it's cause I love you. All right. Number four. Number four. So you can do it. That's number four. (laughs) So basically, I'm going to come back on some things I just said. So, you know, I've been saying like this whole time that willpower is an exhaustible resource. Well, and again, the vast majority of research shows that to be true. But there is a, there's a couple studies and one in particular that was done at Stanford in like 2010. It'll be on the, it'll be on the show notes page and the link to the research. But, um, that there is a study that suggests that believing your willpower is limited is actually a contributing factor to it being limited. And that kind of makes sense just because when we limit ourselves and we have a confirmation bias. So they did a, a bunch of experiments and they found that people who believe that willpower isn't a fixed thing that can be depleted, they had greater self-control who thought it was you know, exhaustible resource. So, and again, you know, that confirmation bias we have in our heads, if I think something is true, I'm going to find evidence that it's true. So it is great if you can to add this piece, right? I, and here's how I do it. So if I've had a bad night's sleep, because I do sometimes, right? I get a bad night's sleep or, you know, I'm, I'm traveling and there's, there's uh, the time change and it's like, oh boy, you know? I make it a practice, I do this every time, to tell myself the night before that I'm not going to be tired the next day. I, that's I, just what I do. I say to myself, you're going to feel great tomorrow. Despite less sleep, you don't always need your usual amount to feel energized and happy. It's just, And guess what? It works. It works like a charm. And I be really mindful of other people saying things like, um, cause they'll say something like, oh, you just got in. It was so late. I'm so sorry. You must be so tired. And I'm like, no, I'm good. You know, I just, that's what I say. I was like, I'm good. I said, no, you know, I'm good. It's just, it's sleep. I'll get some more later. I feel really great right now. And I make that, you know, sort of how I do it. So, so it, it I do want you to know that it's an exhaustible resource. And I want you to tell yourself in those times when things are out of your control, that you can absolutely have willpower in that moment. And you can tell yourself that now. You might be looking at this list as I'm going, going, I don't do any of those. My willpower is terrible. It, you don't have to believe that. You're like, oh, I'm going to start one tiny thing later today. I'm going to increase my willpower. And I just heard this from Abby, so I'm just going to start deciding I have more willpower. And that's going to help me until I really put in to 
place all these pieces she's talking about. So I do want you to think of doing the same thing for yourself. You know, again, especially as you're kind of building that willpower muscle, let yourself know that even though you don't have all the healthy habits down yet, you can still resist urges and be self-disciplined and you can still feel good. Okay. Let me say this here too. <laughs> I'm going to get to number five. I'm going to get to the end, I swear. But a great idea to stay motivated and keep your head in a positive direction, as far as I'm concerned, is to have things around you that help remind you. And so, and I, you know, I talk about this a lot. It's why I created some inspirational merchandise on my website. I'm going to plug it here. Yes, I am. I am. I'm plugging it here. And I have no shame at all because I know it's going to help you and you're going to feel great. Go check out the, while you're on the website anyway, getting all your notes, go on to the shop page. There's a ton of merchandise. And I really want you to think about how, you know, if you're drinking your coffee in the morning or your green tea now, you know, with a mug that feels inspirational, how great. Or that reminds you of the podcast or, you know, you're looking in the mirror and you see the t-shirt you're wearing that says self-meditated. I know, so cute. Or whatever, you know, it's fine to have a tote bag, get your notebook, you know, it's fine to have things around you that help you stay motivated. In that same way, put a sticky up on the mirror, you know, put a, you know, do little things around that help you have visuals. I just know visuals help. That's why I created some visual products. Visuals help me. I have them friggin' everywhere. And so I do, it's okay if you don't buy merch, but I want you to think about having some visuals around to help yourself stay on point. Number five is to learn to manage your stress better. <laughs> yeah. And McGonagall, again, talks about this a lot in her book. And, she, you know, she talks about how being under high levels of stress, it really means that your body's energy is used up. Again, this energy, this willpower, this, you know, bandwidth is getting used up in acting in this this kind of knee-jerk way and making decisions based on short-term outcomes. That's what's going to happen. And that's what happens when you're really stressed. And our, our again, your prefrontal cortex loses out in that battle for the energy when high stress is involved. It is not going to be thinking well. It is not going to be rational. It is not going to be long-term planning. When that When you're stressed and you're in that state, your emotions are going to generally win. And that's something you have to have to work on. Listening right now is working on it. If you listen to my podcast every week, it's working on it. I send out, a, speaking of visuals, I send out a, a little, I, I call it a newsletter, but I shouldn't. It's an inspirational little writing. Every week, I send it out on Wednesdays. You can get on, if you go to newsletter on the website, it's right there, click. You can put in your email and sign up. And you'll get a once a week email from me with a story, a something, something meant to um, to inspire you. And I get hundreds of emails every week from people responding, just saying, oh my God, this is so hit. It's exactly what I need to hear, which by the way, I love and I read them all. I know, crazy, but this is, this is one of those things I do in the morning too. It's so much fun. Or at night, when you have veg time in front of Netflix, I'm reading these incredible emails from people saying how I've helped them, which I got to tell you, makes me feel really good. So, but you can get on the newsletter. You can get that every week, you know, get yourself pointed in the right direction. That will help manage your stress. It'll remind you of the things you need to be focused on. Uh, there are, again, the research shows that the best ways to manage your stress and increase those willpower units are through mindfulness and meditation. <gasps> Who would have thought? 
Who would have thought? I wonder if I've ever talked about that. Yes, I talk about it nonstop. I don't shut up about mindfulness and meditation. <laughs> you can go to the website on the shop page where you're already shopping. And for free, again, you're not on any sleazy list. I'm not sleazy, guys, with anything. I know, you know, I give so much. Sometimes people think I have some ulterior motive. My ulterior motive is that you feel great and that you then go do great things in the world. And then we have world peace. That's my ulterior motive. So yeah, I got one. I got one. And yeah, I make money from what I do. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'd rather I was making money from doing fabulous things in the world than someone who's doing horrible things in the world. They don't seem to feel bad about it. I have no shame in making money with what I do. And I don't do anything sleazy. I'm very transparent. I will tell you, you know, so you can go to the shop page on the website and you can get a mindfulness starter kit. You can get a meditation starter kit for free. Yes, it'll put you on that weekly newsletter list. It will. It will. And you can opt out at any moment if you don't like what I'm saying. Be my guest. Uh, it's it's that easy. I'm not, you know, uh, but I'm not trying to sell you anything. It's nothing like that. I really am trying to help. There are things to buy. Great. You want to go buy my book? Love it. It'll help you. I know it'll change your life. If you don't, though, and you feel in a different place, do this. Do this, please. Please. <laughs> I also have, and of course, I'll link to them. On, on the show notes page and on the blog posts, you know, on this episode, uh, I have tons of stuff on mindfulness and self-awareness and how to do it and how to be consistent, how, you know, all the things. So just go listen, you know, if you, you do not have, my, my goal is always, because I love you, that you don't have to spend a penny if you don't want to. I don't want you to have to. If you don't want to, it's okay. You don't have to. If you want to, you know, spend money and improve in other ways, great, go for it. Uh, if you just want to support me in other ways and want to buy things, go for it. That's all fine. But I'm here for you no matter what. My love for you is not conditional. And I think I've proven that over and over in season after season, in episode after episode of this podcast. So, you know, that's that's where I'm at. I love you. I want you to do these things. That's why I get so, I know, a little crazy and evangelical and really come after you for starting these things because I know it will help your life. I'm positive. I'm 100% positive. I just haven't had anybody where it didn't help their life. And I've worked with literally tens of thousands of people by this point. So do the things. Start small. Be incremental. Don't beat yourself up. This is where you start. Okay. That really is it for today. I adore you. Feel adored today. Really, feel adored today. That's a nice thing. Go through the day feeling how that feels to feel adored because it's a wonderful feeling. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I, I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you, anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. 
You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the uh, shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.